want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide. Six steps to infuse storytelling into your live videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. Okay, friends, before we get into today's episode, I want you to stop what you're doing right now. Whatever it is, if you are doing the dishes, if you are working out, just stop, unless you're driving in a car. Stop what you're doing and go over to iTunes and write us a review and give us a rating. Not only will it help our algorithm with Apple, but it'll help other people find the podcast. If you're enjoying it, which clearly you are, if you're back, do others a favor and help us spread the word. And if it's your first time here, welcome to the podcast. In today's episode, it's a really lovely conversation with my dear friend, Megan Lastra. Megan is a certified Hatha yoga teacher. In fact, I taught in her teacher training program, and now she's a teacher of teachers. She has classes, offerings, and centers conversations around radical self-care and whole self-wellness. So we have a conversation today about yoga philosophy, and in this episode, you'll learn what radical self-care is and how it can work for you how self-care is actually a practice, not unlike yoga, and the connection between self-care and your intuition. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Okay, well, I have my very dear friend. I am really honored to have you here today. Yeah, you're in for a treat, you all. This is Megan Lastra, who I just adore, who has the best smile in the world, who is one of the most positive people I've ever met in my entire life. And that says a lot, because uh, I've met a lot of people over the years, and really just a genuine human being who walks this planet with purpose and with grace. So welcome to the show, Megan. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. That was such a sweet, lovely intro. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's all true. It really is. <laughs> Why don't you let everyone know who you are, what you do? So I am a yoga teacher. I am a thousand hour certified yoga teacher. I have been teaching for almost five or no, actually a little over five years. Um, I specialize in uh, Hatha yoga, yin yoga, and self-care. So I use all of those practices and techniques in my own life and then with students and clients as well. So I teach like group classes, privates, and now in the time of COVID-19 online and across the globe. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's this wonderful opportunity right now for the yoga community to expand in some ways. There's a contraction in the sense of you're a yoga studio. Mm -hmm. Woo! I mean, it's rough to stay open, right? But uh, in terms of the individual yoga teacher, there's a, there's a way to really open and expand your, your practice. And by practice, I mean your business. Yeah. In a way that hasn't necessarily been socially acceptable until now. That's a good point. And it's, what's interesting to me is that the journey that I've been on of stepping more fully into my teaching began very, very shortly 
before the pandemic happened and before everything switched to being online. So up until the end of 2019, I was a studio manager at a local studio called Bread and Yoga. And I was very, very involved with the running of the business for seven years. So really a considerable chunk of time. And I had made the decision in 2019 that I was ready to step more fully into my own business and things that are my passion and teaching was a big part of that. And so stepping more fully into that felt like such this, such a leap, um, which I was excited about. And then all of a sudden when the pandemic happened, it's just like everything kind of coalesced into this ability for it to happen even more fully. I think, I feel like, I guess I feel like I had a leg up because I was already thinking like, oh, I can do all of this on my own. Yeah, you'd already made the decision. <laughs> it wasn't made for you. Yeah, I, I don't need the studio space to do this. I can do this on my own. So I was already moving in that direction. So I certainly feel very free in this moment, actually. Like there's a lot to feel you know, uncertain about, of course, but there's a really big part of me that also feels excited about all of the possibility. Yeah, I, I I know for me, because I've had an online business for a couple of years, I feel like I just fortunately was ahead of the curve. Mm. That when this happened, my business has actually doubled. It's really taken off because of, wow. yeah, because of, of COVID in many ways, not because of, but it certainly contributed to it because suddenly people are like, oh, learn something on Zoom, I'm in. Right. Whereas I think there was this barrier of entry before that you had to sort of accept that. And now that it's uh, just part of our daily life, mm -hmm. I think that people are more apt to try things. And I think there's a great opportunity for people. If you want to learn anything in the world, anything, yeah. you can learn it now on Zoom. doesn't matter what it is. You can learn it and you can learn it from anyone in the world, ultimately. Right. Exactly. Like you, I, like, it's just so, it's so interesting to me. You're right. This barrier of entry has just completely like dissolved. And all of a sudden we're all like, yeah, sure. Why not? And then from a business standpoint, it's, you know, then how, because now everyone's online, how do you stand out? How do you break through the noise <laughs> right. of all that's out there? Because there's so many people now teaching online. So how do you, do you, Megan, how do you mm. break through that noise? It's a good question. For me, the way to break through that noise is actually really close, like personal connections with my students. Mm -hmm. I also really try to hold true that when I'm trying to promote or speak online or market myself in any way that I'm being really authentic to myself and what I want to say. And I'm not like mimicking what somebody else might say or like a, you know, the, the way to say things. I am always trying to present. I'm truthfully always trying to present like a vulnerable part of myself. Yeah. Like I'm trying to be open because one of the things that yoga asks of us and that I, you know, work with, with my students and clients is the, this capacity for openness and expansion and vulnerability and learning new things. So Part of what I do to relate to people and to hopefully open other people up to the possibility of exploring that within themselves is to be the example, to show pieces of what I've learned or what I'm going through. And then ultimately, I, what I do feel like is that facilitates some really personal relationships with my students. And I think that like I'm on Instagram all the time now with <laughs> like all the time, but I'm, one of the things that I really like is that 
I'm DMing a lot of people and we're having conversations and we're staying close. And so just because I'm not seeing you in a yoga studio, you know, the same time every week doesn't mean that we're still not connecting and laughing with one another. And yeah, it's felt important. Yeah. On my, I have a business board and Mm -hmm. on my business board, it's funny that you say that because I have this heart and in the middle of the heart, it's this personalization Mm -hmm. as a reminder to myself that even as my business is doubling and hopefully soon tripling and quadrupling and yeah. blah, 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 right? <laughs> when it gets into the millions, there'll still be the personal touch. Because I yeah. think that now more than ever, we are seeking connection. A hundred percent. You know, as, as, as much as we're saying that the, the, the beauty of being able to do this, there's also, it feels in some ways less personal. So the more that you can make it personal for your clients, your students, your customers, the more they're going to be drawn to you and to your offerings and your teachings and the more vulnerable you are is that's the gateway. That's the gateway to, to their soul, your soul to their soul. Yeah. And you know, and for like, I would actually challenge that it's less personal. Like I know a lot of people feel that way about online stuff. And I, and I really understand that because there are like, when we're together, when we're face to face, it is something that's different, but Mm -hmm one of the most beautiful things about this journey into online teaching and online work has been the realization of the energetic connection. Like it's so powerful. 100%. I can't (laughs) believe you just said that because I am so with you on this. Like Like, the energy like burst through the screen. It does. It's 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 wild. I think the most potent that I felt it is I lead an online meditation, like a 30 minute meditation every week. Um, and you know, I'm, when I'm teaching an asana or a physical practice class, I'm seeing a lot of things and there is this energetic connection, but I'm a little busier because I'm like kind of, you know, manage, not managing, but like I'm trying to hold space for everybody in a different way and adjust and notice, um, things. Whereas meditation, I'm more sitting with you, right? I'm guiding an experience perhaps, mm-hmm. but really I'm, I'm holding space in a very different way. And I still remember the first meditation class. I was just like, I was excited and blown away of just this, this shared energy that I could feel the other people on the other end of the call. And I could feel our connection. And I think that, well, I get, yeah, I just think that there's just, there is that connection there and it's just about our ability, willingness to tap into it. It's a different experience. It's yeah. not that it is not personal. It's just yeah. a different experience. And yeah. for sure, I've done energy work through, through the computer and, and, you know, through the screen and it, it works. And that's what's, you know, and I think at first we were maybe a little like, is this even going to work? Is it like, right. is it possible? It does. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, I have this huge network now of friends and colleagues from around the world that I've never met in person. Yeah. And it's the same it, relationship. Like you have like a close relationship. Yeah. I have these close friends now because we sit on camera and talk to one another. And so we know each other. I know all about their lives and their kids that come in the screen and their husband (laughs) in the background. I mean, you know, I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole different way of, of, of being, which is really interesting. 
I think in some ways it can even lead to a closer or more vulnerable relationship. Cause like you were just saying, like you're actually like witnessing in someone's home, like you are, it's not like we're both meeting out and putting on our personas of being out with one another. Um, I right. think that there is this, the opportunity for connection um, maybe happens and it does happen in a different way. And so sometimes that can be uh, take a barrier down. I mean, I've, I've, I've barely put on jeans for the last three months, you know, I mean, like there's no getting dressed up to like see people. No, like it's, no, that's gone. No, no. Yeah. Not at all. No. <laughs> the best self, the best version. All of that is like oop, out the window. <laughs> it's like, am I comfortable? That's the most important question. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned uh, in your intro of yourself, you mentioned self-care. Mm-hmm. as a big part of your teachings and of your own personal practice. What is what is radical self-care to you? What does that mean? Yeah, I started using the term radical self-care. I did not come up with the term, but I started using the term radical self-care to differentiate from the kind of like glossed over corporatization of self-care that I feel like just gets put out there by mostly just by like corporate stuff, right? Like if, if, if yeah. you talk to any individual about self-care, I feel like anybody you talk to one-on-one knows what real self-care is and knows that it's not just some of that, like what we see on Instagram or read in mag- magazine articles or whatever. But I think the term radical self-care starts to get to the heart of that self-care isn't just about feeling good, but it's about getting to know yourself and truly take care of yourself better or in a really personal way. Um, And sometimes that can mean putting yourself in uncomfortable situations like going to therapy or, you know, or like the stillness of, and uh, you know, more introspective side of yoga and meditation, the the work that we have to do, that's uh, like our self growth, like that's self care also there's times when we need gentleness and ease uh, and, you know, that super luxurious bubble bath with like crystals all around the bath. Like, yes, do it. <laughs> a beautiful Instagram photo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's of the buzz good. of the buzzword self-care hashtag yeah, self-care. Hashtag self-care. Um, yes. Like do those things for yourself. I enjoy getting manicures as much as the next person, but what is also like, what's the flip side of that? Like, what's the other side? What's the work look like? And how are you really caring for your growth and your needs and not just kind of glossing over? So I think that the glossing over can happen to an individual because if you're just wrapped up in this like glossy image of self-care. Yeah. It's not all love and light, as we say, that right. it's uh, beyond that, that, that self-care is actually the self-actualization process. Yeah. Learning, digging in, knowing and understanding both the dark and the lights, light sides of the self. And also, you know, I mean, I know for me lately, uh, part of the self-care process has been taking some steps back mm. and um, not pushing as hard uh, because I tend to be a go-getter. We're going to make this happen. I was just saying, I'm sure that's been very challenging for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it is for me too. But also, it's been a a, a practice of looking at the um, my own racism, the own parts of myself that are not as uh, clear or clean as I would like them to be, and uh, or thought them to be maybe. And so that to me has actually been a form of self care of really digging in, looking at that, 
because I, I don't think of self-care as bubble bath and mm-hmm. I don't. Now mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that somebody else might not, but right. I see it really like, like you're talking about in terms of really digging, digging, digging deep in. But how do you do that? How do you do that in like a community space? Like how do you hold space for people when they're going through these processes? Hmm. The thing that I work with people with most is helping them to figure out what they need right now, actually. So we all need different things at different times and different seasons of our living and like even like day to day. So how, you know, like a really good example, I think, is if we take like the pandemic, like what we needed at the beginning of quarantine is probably very different than what we are experiencing or what we maybe need for ourselves in this moment right now. So, you know, your self-care practice in March and April is probably and honestly should be different in July, August. So what I do is I speak with people uh, and we just kind of get honest. I think a huge part of this Uh, practice is asking yourself honest, challenging questions. Like you were just saying, examining your own racism. That is an honest and very challenging question. And then being willing to hear the answer. And that is equally, if not more so challenging. So being willing to ask that question and listen and hear the answer for yourself. And so this act of listening to these deepest parts of ourself is something that is a lifelong practice. And I think that that is where the role of like guide, teacher, coach can be helpful because, so what I do is I sit with people and we we see what's going on and what's going on for them right now, how they're responding to the world around them. Um, You know, how are you feeling? What are you going through? Uh, Are you tired? You know, what's physically manifesting for you? And then we'll come up with practices that support them in this moment. And then we'll do a check-in like two weeks to a month later, because again, hopefully your self-care practice is continuing to evolve. So the idea is that when you're doing these self-care practices, hopefully it's also enhancing your ability to listen to yourself also. So that as you're continuing to grow in your practice, you start to realize what you need sooner. Uh, Mm. And you can address the need that arises or the desire or the, you know, the need for rest or the need for exercise sooner before maybe you become totally fatigued or before you've hit the wall um, or before you've had like the anxiety attack. If you are, I think when we start to listen to ourselves, that messaging from our, uh, our brain starts to slow down a little bit and we can choose how we want to respond to it earlier on in the process. It sounds like a way of, of uh, what you're describing to me sounds like a way of tuning into your intuition. Mm, that's a really beautiful way to put it. Yeah. That over time, it's like a muscle, right? So yeah. over time, yeah. you, you, you're able to trust it more and more and quicker. And self-care can be a form of listening to your intuitive voice in a way. Completely, completely. I love that you say intuition because that's actually been a huge part of my journey through self-care and through yoga. And I still have this memory of, I think I was probably like in high school and uh, my father has always just been very, very supportive. Like when I, anytime I would come to like a difficult decision that I needed to make and I have a tendency to 
you know, think through every possible option and overthink everything. And his reminder was always like, you know, you have really good instincts, trust your instincts. And so I kind of feel like my whole journey as an adult has been learning how to trust those instincts and tapping into my intuitive state and my intuition. So it is like a muscle. You have to practice listening to that space in order for you to get comfortable with it. Otherwise our brain just takes over and just takes charge and it's like, all right, see you later. Yeah. So how does one start? Like, how does one start to listen to their intuition? What advice do you have for somebody who's like, that sounds so good for you that you figured that out, but I have (laughs) no idea where to even begin. Yeah. Yeah. Great. For me, it was yoga. Um, So having a steady yoga practice and a yoga sadhana and working with a a teacher. For me, the dedication and repetition was... Hold on one second. Students, my students, (laughs) did you hear the word sadhana? (laughs) Mm, Word of the day. (laughs) Wonder where that came from. Okay, keep going. The, the dedication and the repetition of sadhana, the, like the, the commitment, that was easy for me to tap into, the commitment aspect of it. That was something that I was used to from everything else in my life. Like, okay, well, I can commit to doing this every day. And the energetic practices that I was exploring allowed me to start to find a little bit of stillness in my body, but also in my mind. I think that something that we don't always think about when we think of stillness. A lot of times we think about like sitting still and how hard that is, but you know, we're also seeking to cultivate some stillness uh, in the headspace and in the mental um, mind frame. So the, the energetic practices through yoga started to give me that little bit of space to start to notice my body awareness more or better. And I do really think it started there. I started to notice my my awareness through my body and my breath. And then truthfully, it took a, a you know, it's not like a fast process. It takes a, it takes a long time. <laughs> I know people don't necessarily want to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know everyone wants a quick fix these days, right? Like I want it here. I want it right now. Tell me how yeah. to do it right now. And I want to be done. And that's just not how that works, right? It is a, it is a develop because it's a relationship between you and your intuition. And it takes time to develop a relationship. You don't have an instant, you know, right. love affair. It takes time to build the trust, mm. like a relationship. Yeah. I mean, it really does. And I think it's interesting that you said, you know, you started with the body mm-hmm. because I, because you know, we talk about this a lot in yoga teaching and is going from the gross mm-hmm. to the subtle, right? Going from right. the, sort of, that's the easiest sort of to access. I know for me, I came to yoga through the gym. Mm-hmm. I was watching a yoga class at the gym and I was like, huh, that looks cool. I think I'll try that. So I went in and having been a former dancer, it just felt like, right. oh my, I found home. Like it was so, it was all the, the, the intention, the entire reason right. that I went in was physical. And it came, so again, it came from that like gross and then over time it got more and more and more subtle. And so when accessing that in, intuition, it's like, well, one, where do you feel it? Mm. Where, in you, where in your body do you feel it? Where do you sense it? And begin there. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly what it is. I think that's such a cool because of what even when you were just saying that just now, I could I really just pictured you like feeling your rib cage open and your heart space open and just like this expansion of energy through your body. Like that's this is what we're talking about, this energetic connection happening through the screen. Like I could feel what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um 
So you already had this connection with your body through dance in a really specific way. And so you were able to move into that awareness and um, like that sensation through yoga practice and then go deeper from there. For me, when I first started practicing yoga, it was, it was actually something like this is talking about trusting your intuition. It was something that I'd wanted to do for a while, but just like hadn't made space for because I didn't know what it was. And I didn't know where to practice or what the right place to practice was. There was all these studios in New York, like what's the right place to go to? Should I be practicing hot yoga? Should I be doing Bikram? Should I be doing, uh, you know, is, you know, I started going to, um, to like yoga to the people because it was inexpensive. And then I very, very, very fortunately came across bread and yoga and some very, uh, dedicated and serious teachers who introduced me to the non-physical aspect of yoga almost right away. So I actually feel really fortunate that throughout my journey, uh, that was always part of what was being taught. I didn't have to like seek that out after I kind of had the realization, like, well, I might've been having this experience more so in my physical body, the energetic aspect of the practice and the deeper philosophical aspect of the practice was always present where I don't think that's always mm. the case with how people come into yoga, particularly if you're taking it like from a gym or, or whichever. Yeah. And, and there's no right or one way. Right. Ultimately. I mean, people will poo poo gym yoga, Oh, gym yoga. And I'm like, Oh, oh no, 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 no. Right. Had there been not gym yoga, <laughs> I wouldn't be teaching you right, right. now. <laughs> totally. Exactly. I think it's so important to really hold space for that. Like everybody needs a way in. Like, what's yeah. your way in? How did you get into this, this like, oh, actually, I feel really good after this class. What is that? I wonder what that is. Like you're saying, like, where do you feel that in your body? And then you start to go, huh, I kind of wonder what that is. I think I like that sensation. I think I'll go again. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there really, truly is no one way, just like in business, mm -hmm. right? I mean, if, we, if we're bringing it back to, to using your intuition in business, mm -hmm. there's no one way. No, that's, that's really important to remember. And that's something for sure that I still like catch myself getting cut, caught up on like, oh, I didn't do this or I have to make sure I'm like posting every day or, you know, and that's a part of my self-care practice is making sure that like, you know what, if I'm like really tired and not inspired to post something today, maybe it's the day that I'm not supposed to post something and maybe that's okay. Like that's a really like microcosm example. But I think when you're looking at mm -hmm. your, your intuition in business, it's about not necessarily getting wrapped up in the hustle and the forward movement. Yeah. I'm a really big fan of knowing all of the strategies, mm -hmm. knowing the things, and then deciding which of those things are right for you. Yeah. Because if you don't know the strategies, if you don't understand what they are, then you're just willy-nilly throwing stuff, like throwing spaghetti against the wall, hoping maybe something might stick. Right which I, you hear a lot, oh, I'm throwing spaghetti against the wall. Well, good luck. <laughs> good luck getting any of that to stick, right. right? But if you throw spaghetti in a specific fashion, in a, in a specific form, knowing mm -hmm. where it's going to land, and then deciding, well, I actually don't want to throw spaghetti against the wall. I want to throw ravioli. I right. don't know. I was, just, just like, that, you know. I was just like, yeah, don't throw penne against the wall. It's not going to stick. Yes. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> it'll, it'll, Just going to bounce right back. You have to face. know, exactly. It'll hit you in the face and you'll have red sauce all over you. But you have to know 
what they are, mm -hmm. I guess, is, is my whole thing. But then the more you know that and the more you know the intuition, mm -hmm. like the more that you can trust that intuition, that's when the magic and the, the sweet spot, the nectar, that's when it all starts to come together. Yeah, that's something I actually learned about myself in theater school, actually, of like, so I went to um, musical theater conservatory in my previous life. Another theater yeah. person? Another theater? <laughs> um, and one of the things that I, that actually took me a little while to learn, and it felt like, like an aha moment when it happened, was being prepared, uh, like how vital that was for me, like knowing all of the possibilities and knowing all the options that I had and really feeling so knowledgeable about, for me in that moment, like a piece of music, you know, feeling so knowledgeable about that that it allowed me to be free and to, uh, you know, tap into whatever I needed to do. And so I was very young at that point, And I, I, I don't think I fully comprehended it. I just knew that if I was more prepared, less of it, there was less of a chance I was going to cry in front of my teachers. <laughs> Been a big crier since day one. Um, <laughs> but now I really fully realized this, like, like exactly what you're saying of, knowing the options and how I feel really comfortable, like knowing what the possibilities are, but then I can't just get absorbed in all of that information. There has to be this flip side of like freedom and uh, fluidity is the term I like to use most recently is like being able to just be fluid or flow and, and let myself be okay with wherever I'm at in that moment of wherever on the, the scale of I want to be. And isn't that ultimately self-care. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's changing. You are changing all of the time. Like you are you, but the, the environment around you, the way you're feeling and the space you're holding for yourself from day to day and moment to moment is always different, is always changing. So that's where that listening comes in and just being able to respond to yourself with, you know what, actually today, I really don't need the bubble bath. I need to go for a run. That's what I need to do. Or you know what, I don't want to go to that group class. I don't want to be on Zoom today. I'm just going to like sit outside by myself for a little bit. You know, I think that giving yourself space to respond to what you need without the shoulds is a huge aspect of it. Um, and that's where trusting your intuition comes in because it's really easy to get involved in the shoulds and the to-do list and the responsibilities. And when you trust your intuition, it makes those things easier to put on hold. Yeah. One of the, there are three words, like three buzzwords with my students that we talk about that we, we catch ourselves which is should always and never mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> the should always nevers. And that's a really good indication that you're not in alignment. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Should always never. Yeah. The, the, ugh, the shoulds. I hate that word so much. <laughs> I really do. Just like, ugh, God, yeah, I should do that. Should I? I no. Wait, why? Should I? Should I? Should I really? <laughs> Well, that's the best way to flip it, right? Yeah. I should do this. Should I? Yeah. Do okay. I want to? Really? <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on and having conversation and being just your great self. Oh, yeah. Where can people find you in this online space now that you're 
fully 100% here. <laughs> How can we find you? Obviously on Instagram. Obviously on Instagram. Uh, you said you're there yeah, a I'm lot. there. Seriously, there all the time. Feel free to reach out, message me, say hello. My website and my Instagram are just my name. So Megan Lastra at MeganLastra.com or at Megan Lastra. And that is where you'll find me um, and all of the information about self-care and yoga and online teaching and hopefully some recorded content uh, coming soon also. So beautiful. Yeah, this was so fun. Thank you. Any um, final words of wisdom? Anything to leave us with? Hmm. Let me take a deep breath on that. Well, I think the only message that's coming is to care for yourself today. So take a deep breath on your own. And on that exhale, send some care into yourself. Very good. On that note, let's all take a deep breath together. And exhale. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Megan, for being a beautiful guest, as I knew you would be. (laughs) And uh, I can't wait to connect on something again very soon. See you all next time. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave us a review so other solopreneurs like yourself can find us.